for all things land development, planning and property. This is Property on Fire with Ian Walmsley. To find out how Ian can help you, visit propertyonfire.co.uk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Property on Fire. So what do we have coming up on today's episode? Well, we have a bit of a special this week because I am going to be joined by Steph Taylor. And we'll be talking about rent to rent, HMOs and some service accommodation with her. We will also have a quick look at what is happening on our own couple of sites. So without further ado, let's get started. But before we do, please do like, review and subscribe to this podcast and come with me on this property journey. Before we have a chat with Steph Taylor on all things rent to rent, I thought I'd just give you a quick update on our couple of our sites that we are currently under development on. If you've been following the last few episodes, you will know that we are slowly progressing on our 22 flat conversion down in Totnes in South Devon. And I'm pleased to say that we have finally, finally got the rendering completed, yay. As a result of this, we ought to very shortly get building control sign off and be able to take the site over, which is not so bad. In fact, it's blimmin' good. So this has been a project that has been ongoing for uh, two or three years now to actually do this large conversion. But we still have, beyond these 22 flats, we have another four flats to create, and that is going up and replacing the roof with a new floor. So we actually create duplex apartments with the floor below. So we are starting the preparation work for these new flats, and we'll shortly be going out to tender on these. Of course, once we actually get control of the site again, we will be able to properly have viewings and be able to have viewings in the evenings and weekends. So I think that is going to make a big difference to the selling of these apartments. The landscaping is also coming on nicely around the site and this together with the flats will actually make a very nice product for the new residents who will shortly be moving in. If you caught last week's episode, you will know that we finally completed on the site in Westwood Ho last week. This is a 14 bungalow development, complete with full planning. We now have to undertake a couple of pre-commencement conditions within the planning, and we anticipate to get this out of the way within the next couple of weeks or so. Our first task on this site will be the demolition of a barn, which has stood on the site for a number of years. We suspect, however, that we may have some asbestos in the roof. And so this week we've actually had that tested and we are awaiting the results of that. Once we know as to whether or not we have asbestos, then we can arrange for the demolition of the barn and the breaking up of the slab that is beneath it. Thankfully, the site is pretty flat, so there aren't too much works that we need to do to get the site ready to actually start construction of the bungalows apart from the pre-commencement conditions that are within the planning and so to this end we have already had a number of meetings with our planning team and with the M&E and everyone else to discuss how we are going to move forward with this 
but part of the element is actually to update the actual design of the bungalows or certainly internally the actual design is probably i would say around about 10 years old because we've actually had on this site and outline planning permission and then the reserve matters well that all has taken around about a five-year period and i guess these bungalows were designed summertime before that as well as a result it's probably not the best layout internally for modern living and so we are looking at the layout of each and every bungalow to see where we can actually improve these the one good feature that we will have in each of these bungalows is gigabit speed internet. OpenReach have already confirmed that we can get gigabit speed on the site and that is progressing as well to actually get them onto site to actually start the install of their cabinet and all their requirements. So please do keep following this podcast in the weeks and months ahead because we will actually give an awful lot more updates on our two sites and actually take you along with us on the progression of these bungalows and also of the flats elsewhere that we have under construction. But if you want to see photos from the sites, then please do follow me on Facebook and other social media where I will be posting updates on a very regular basis and part of this will actually be me flying a drone so that we'll actually get some nice aerial shots i'm now pleased to welcome to property on fire steph taylor yeah hey ian it's it's brilliant to be here i was so excited to see that your podcast has launched and uh, it's been brilliant listening along getting more insight into your journey as well But how how I started off was um, that five years ago, 2016, it's not even five years, is it? It's it's four and a bit. My mum got sick and I started to think about how I could have more flexibility so that I could go and spend time with her in Birmingham when needed. And I just thought it must be business. I can see there are people who do this, but I felt as though I didn't have the skills to be successful in business. I thought that it was all some sort of secret shrouded um, thing that only certain people knew who knew how to do the right handshake and all that. And, um, and I thought, ah, I mulled on it. And I thought, ah, property, I see that some ordinary people are doing property and then coming out of their job and I wonder what they're doing. And I started to go to these uh, property events in the evenings and I was absolutely gobsmacked by what people were doing. And of course, there were the ones who were spending hundreds of thousands and tens of thousands on developments and new builds like you do and raising millions. But also, I noticed that there were people who were just coming into it without a huge amount of money, with some money, yes, but not a huge amount. And then they were building up in property and then leaving their job and going full-time and really transforming their lives. And obviously that captured my attention. And I was, I decided to find out more and uh, eventually I decided that I could do it. So that was, that was the start of it really. Why rent to rent and AHMOs? I mean, Surely, you know, just having an ordinary buyer to let is nice and simple. Yeah. So why 
complicate things? Yeah, exactly. And great question. Well, what I loved about Rent to Rent was you didn't need a lot of money to get started. I saw a lot of people would, uh, let me just quickly explain in case anybody's listening, because I only came across this term, you know, a few years ago when I started. But um, Rent to Rent is where you rent a property. In my case, it's an HMO or a, a large house that can be used as a house share and you rent it out by the room, you pay the owner a guaranteed rent, you collect the rent from the tenants and manage the property, pay all the bills, and then your profit is the difference between what you're paying the landlords after the costs and what you receive from the tenants. So it's a really simple, efficient business model. But what I saw at that time, Ian, was that a lot of people were doing it really badly. And I thought, hmm, if we can do this with care, and I just felt confident that I could manage a property well as a mom and, you know, with the used to juggling. And I thought, I know, I know I could manage a property with care. And I didn't feel at that time, I didn't have the mindset to feel that I could be raising money and doing investments and, you know, all of that other thing felt a bit too far away but I felt when I heard about rent to rent that I could do it sure whereabouts in the UK do you actually have the business I I believe you live in Wales is that correct yeah yeah it's in Wales and the other thing was I should have said I suppose is that with a to buy a single buy to let you obviously need a big well usually for a buy to let around a 30 percent deposit Mm -hmm. and other buying costs you have all these costs up front and then you might be making on an average two to three hundred pounds a month and so it takes a long time to build up that cash flow using that method and it's pretty cash intensive although of, of course in the longer term you're getting that capital appreciation but with rent to rent you can invest a small amount you know a few thousand pounds for example sometimes much less. And the average on a five bed is £500 a month. In fact, our average is a bit higher than that. But but so you can see that the cash flow builds up. You only need to replace an average UK salary, you only need about three to five rent-to-rent HMOs, which I just thought was phenomenal, unbelievable. I was so sceptical until we actually started uh, started doing it. In Wales, you, you have slight, slightly different planning laws and licensing laws, I believe, to the UK. So how does that differ for you and in your, in your properties? Basically, all of Wales is uh, Article 4 equivalent. Uh, well, certainly where we are in Newport in Wales. So we need a, an HMO license for three or more people sharing rather than um, the national uh, five, yeah. yeah. And do you have to provide um, sprinklers and stuff like that? Because I've I have heard that 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 is requirement for some properties over there. Yeah, it w- it will be for some, but for mostly not sprinklers. But you will need planning, and you will need all of the uh, safety requirements that you need for for an HMO, which do mm. still vary ac- across Wales. Do you have any other? Uh, sort of business interest in property or is it purely just the HMOs and rent to rent? Yeah we we've got a business HMO Heaven and that's the one where we're doing rent to rent so basically we're doing HMO management but on a guaranteed rent basis which landlords love Um, and so we've got that business but we've also got we buy properties um and we've accidentally fallen into a, a niche which I absolutely love, and it's multi-unit blocks. Now I know that you develop flats. Yes, indeed. Yes. So you know all the perks. But what I love about buying an already converted 
especially in bad condition, all units on one title, is that you get all the benefits of doing a development, but without the costs, because the new building standards are expensive to fulfill when you're, and so if you're in a lower area with lower capital values like Wales, sometimes the development costs uh, don't allow you to to do these uh, conversions to multi-unit block. But when you're buying an already converted, you only need to upgrade the existing, which is totally different and can allow you to achieve a really fantastic finish, a really... um, places that people really love to live in but you get the per unit price it can be phenomenally great value so for example um we bought one in in here in Newport uh, that's 12 units for 375,000 pounds 32,000 pound per unit that's not bad it's it's not bad is it and the rental values on that 10 of them are 450 pounds a month and uh, one is six hundred pounds a month, and the other is the the other one's three hundred pounds a month. So it's it's absolutely bloody good. And uh, the other the other the other great thing about multi unit blocks is is the valuations. A big part of the valuation will be the rental income, and so you've got a foolproof way of increasing the value is by increasing the rental income. And when you're buying these ones that are a bit down at heel, well, sometimes more than a bit, let's face it, down at heel, when you when you buy them, obviously often the rents are really low. Like on that on that uh, on that property I'm talking about, our charge for the majority of them is £450 a month. Now when we bought that property, it was in a bad way. And most of those rental units were being charged at £260 a month. And the other, the other upside, I can't stop talking about it now, you've got me going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> is that in Newport as well, we've had a lot of downvalling, you know, um, where owners are optimistic. And as investors, we know how the properties will work for us. And we've agreed one price. It's gone to the lender. This was even before Corona. It's gone to the lender and they've just said, no, this is how much we'll lend you on this. And it's less. And so a lot of deals that we tried to make before had fallen out of bed on this down valley. And so when we agreed this property, we were excited about it. Um, and we were worried when the valuer, you know, when when our mortgage lender, obviously they 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 all send their own valuers or give you um, a panel of valuers you can choose from. And uh, because the value was often come in from another another area, they're not familiar with our area. Um, sometimes they down value. Anyway, we couldn't believe it, Ian, because um, we paid uh, three seven five, as I say, and it was valued at half a million on a ninety day, and I cool. just was. Uh, we were blown away. We were blown away. So yeah. Yeah, sometimes valuations uh, can have a habit of su- surprising you. You know, we hear so often in in property forums on Facebook groups and this sort of, all this sort of stuff that that oh, it's all you know, valuations are going to be terrible. It's all doom and gloom, and the world's about to crash and burn and everything else. And and yeah, sure, we've we've had a, a you know a dreadful twenty twenty, and um and I'm not taking any of that away, but quite often, you know even the valuers have to be realistic as to what things are worth. And 
quite often, yes, they can surprise you. Um, at the end of the day, you know, people still need place, places to live, um, and none of none of this is ever going to go away. You know, uh, the world keeps on revolving. But Steph, we are now into twenty twenty one, and I I hope you had a good Christmas and start of the year for yourself anyway and your family. But how how was twenty twenty for your business? You you mentioned a couple of minutes ago re- regarding COVID nineteen, but in reality, did did it affect the last year for you? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's been it's been a right one, hasn't it, Ian? <laughs> it's it's been a chance to it's been a chance for us all to see what we're made of, hasn't it? <laughs> to um, when it first came in in March, I think. I was really worried. I was. Um, it just felt it was such an unusual thing to have a lockdown and to be told you cannot leave your house unless it's for one of these reasons. Yeah. And um, that that kind of felt like the end of the world is nigh. It's something that unbelievable that you would never, many people wouldn't, most people would never have predicted. And being in the HMO market, we thought, oh, this is going to be awful because People will lose their jobs. People will stop paying their rents. We've been told we can't evict anybody. Um, obviously, we're not wanting to evict people in that situation. But in our in our situation, paying guaranteed rent, of course, we were concerned about that and about we want to keep our commitments to our landlords. But if we can't operate our business, then how can we? Um, so we, what we did was, you know, pulled ourselves together um, and just thought, what can we do? We, we're we lucky that we operate our business conservatively. So we've always got a big buffer, available cash. We don't run it to the margins. We reinvest most of the profits back into the business to buying properties, to refurbishments. Um, and also we leave some cash on hand. So we just worked out that we could actually get through quite a few months of this without letting anybody down, even if our because we predicted that obviously our voids are going to go up massively because our our level of empty rooms across our managed portfolio and and our owned portfolio uh, typically is under 1% across over 100 rooms. But we just knew that it's likely to go up because people can't move in and people are going to want to move out. Some people are going to be moving home and some people are going to have been been made redundant, et cetera. so we just looked at it and we said, we're going to come through this and know that we've done the best we can. And also we want everybody we work with, whether it's the, the tenants or the, the landlords, um, to to be able to say, thank goodness that I was with HMO Heaven because they, they helped us get through this. Thank goodness I wasn't with, you know, XYZ Joe Bloggs letting agent um, who, who, who might have gone to the wall or, or let them down. And um, it's just keeping to that and thinking together and being open with our communication as well, right from the very start. Uh, we got in touch with all our landlords in March uh, when it first happened. Our next, we, the lockdown started on 23rd of March. It's etched in my memory. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and then on, on the 1st of April, April Fool's was our first rent payment due after the lockdown and we contacted them all on that day and says you know obviously we've we we will be affected by this um we're here's your rent and we're going to keep you posted our our aim is to continue paying and fulfilling um our contracts with you 
if anything happens to uh, make that challenging or unlikely or impossible and we're going to be in touch with you in good time to plan that out with you um and obviously the response we had was was brilliant and the 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 thing about it Ian is that we have been able to service all of our contracts exactly under the terms and uh, pay the rents on all across the full portfolio which which is what we wanted to do and what we're really um we're really proud of being being able to do so it sounds like ethics are very important to to you both both in your business and and in your personal life i guess yeah because you know you know when we came out of work to come into this and you want to have this different life and you want to live differently and have all the opportunities um we've we've talked before Ian about the 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 whole mindset of property and I, that that's something that I love I I've so much grown as a person since I came into property and business because you have to uh because you have to be you have to be a leader because we we've got our own internal team to lead we've got the people who we're training in in how to do rent to rent to lead we so we can't just put put the doobie over our head and wait till it all goes away we have to be out there in a leadership uh, a leadership position and in my mind I like to live yes from the head but I just like to live from the head and the heart I want to feel that everything that I do I could be proud of talking to my granny about it and that she she would feel she would feel good about it and that we feel good about our business and that everybody we work with feels good about working with us so and sure. I know that that's the way you operate as as well indeed indeed well one one has to to be honest you know you have to you you have to be able to to live with yourself at the, at the end of the day and also to be quite honest um Steph you know in this business it, it is a small world and you know if if you if you do something to you know, muck someone else up and let let people down. Then you know you can bet your bottom dollar that that the community will soon find out. Um, and it can take years to build up a a reputation, but only seconds to actually destroy that reputation. So, so yeah, ethics are very important to our company as well. So now I'm fully aware that you operate a podcast as well. Um, you you were one of the people that inspired me to actually start off Property on Fire, um, and and in turn, I would hope that you know people listening to this who have thought about doing a podcast would actually you know stop procrastinating like I did for several months um, and just do it because it's very enjoyable so how how is your podcast going is that going going well yeah uh you you probably found the same Ian I procrastinated as well because it just, <laughs> it's got a shred it's got this mysterious veil over it hasn't it and you just think yeah what 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 are you actually doing how do you do it how do you get it online how do you put it there and all of this and I, I had all these questions but actually it was simpler well I suppose everything's easy when you know how isn't it <laughs> well it's is when you when you know how but um but yes i mean you know there's obviously plenty of resources these days for looking up and uh, and i'm sure that uh, you know like like myself i'm sure that if people wanted some some tips on on running a podcast you'd be more than happy to point them in the right direction Absolutely. I've got a few friends who are setting up podcasts now. So my podcast, thanks for thanks for inviting me to talk about it, Ian. That's all right, of course, yes. 
I don't mind uh, plugging stuff, so you're fine. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Every podcast host loves their podcast, don't they? They do. Um, So my podcast is called the Rent to Rent Success Podcast, and it's all about getting started in property without buying it, the ethical way to do it, and that's that's what Rent to Rent Success is. So um, we've been so excited. Um, You do look at the numbers, don't you? Um, And um, we've had – we started – 27th of May so really let's call it we've had the whole of June at the end of December last year we we were at is that six months yeah six months but we've gone over 16,000 and I haven't checked it in the last few days (laughs) so I'm not sure how many we're at now but it's phenomenal to think that over 16,000 people have listened to the show and you remember when Spotify, at the end of the year, it breaks down what podcasts they've listened to. And I started getting screenshots of people with my podcast as their binge, their most listened podcast oh. on their Spotify app. And that is so gratifying. And uh, like you, Ian, I know you get a lot of messages from your listeners as well. Mm-hmm. And and that's just such a it's just such a joy. It is. It's so totally because, you know, quite often you know you've 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 never actually met these people but i guess it's a bit like people doing a radio show they they seem to know you by by listening to your voice and yeah i look i i struggled for an awful long time before setting up my podcast i thought blimey people aren't going to want to listen to my voice you know i i have the odd st- stutter and thinking ah, no no one wants wants to listen listen to that rubbish but it ain't true it ain't true folks you know people want to hear about your story mm. and you know i've i've listened to your podcast steph and and it's thoroughly enjoyable you have some 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 great guests on it and although you know we're only into in you know first first dozen or so ep- episodes but you know it's still a long long way to go but so enjoyable so now is is there a book in you because i mean one of the things my wife cheryl keeps saying to me is you you have a book in you Mm -hmm. so is is there a book in you oh ian yes 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 (laughs) we are just in the process well we've spent the last few months writing the book so that's one other good thing that's come out of lockdown because i only really talked about the hmo heaven business but also we've been writing a book and shock horror or surprise surprise it's called rent to rent success uh the ethical way to get started in property without buying it and it's all about rent to rent and what a process it's been it's it's such a phenomenal process uh writing a book it gives you such clarity about your ideas and you get so many epiphanies and breakthroughs and new ideas and you drive yourself nuts and then you think you're fabulous and it's absolutely magnificent and then you think it's absolutely rubbish but we're (laughs) but we're really we're really proud of what we've we've created and um we want it to be the best book in this tiny niche that we're in and we've put done everything we can to make it be the best we possibly can make it be and i i definitely think cheryl's right you you ought to get on it in <laughs> what would your book be called property geek uh, uh, probably probably planning geek somewhere somewhere along those those lines i'm sure you know it's very uh very, I, I have so many different brands and you know travel geek and all that so it's always it's always a challenge as to what to actually sort of 
hone in on, to be honest. But uh, hey, you know, I just enjoy property like yourself. I just enjoy helping people. It always gives me great satisfaction, as I'm sure it does you, to to just be able to help others in property, whether it be your clients, whether it's you know your peers in property or or whoever it is you know mm. it just gives great satisfaction and get, gives a reason for getting up in the morning and i guess like like you you know you don't think oh it's monday morning oh no mm. oh the weekend's over but to me you know bring on the monday morning i don't care you know it's just I, I enjoy life, you know. Yeah, it's totally different from before when I was working at the bank, I have to say. I do I do enjoy it, but there's such an amazing sense of community. And that's the other thing that I've really experienced during the lockdown is the online community because, because we have the Rent to Rent Success Kickstarter program and we have um, uh, Rent to Rent Success Secrets Facebook community meeting up every week and helping people to get started and to get through the challenges and show them different ways to operate that's going to work in current you know current times while while corona's on um that has just been so it's just been so uplifting and it's it's made us so purposeful because we've got we've got another reason it, on the days where you might be flagging um, you've got another reason to be there. It's to 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 serve. But similarly, we as well as inspiring, we get inspired. It goes it goes both ways because we work with incredible people. I mean, I must admit that you know that's that's one advantage that uh, that both both myself and I'm sure you have found is actually just being able to to jump on to Zoom. Mm-hmm. Other other meet meet meeting apps are available, as the BBC might say. But um but yeah, just being able to do that and to be able to talk to people, you know, the other end of the country without having to, to drive miles, you know, up and down the motorway and everything else. And you know, for you it's the M four, for me it's the M five. Um, and it's nice just to be able to do uh, that virtually and and so easily. But anyway, Steph, I really really appreciate your your time uh, for having a a good old chat with me today. And within the show notes, folks, you'll be able to download and find the links to Steph's information if you want to get in contact with her at any time. And uh, yes, it's been a pleasure having you on Property on Fire. So thank you, Steph. And thanks, Ian, for inviting me on. It's been it's been great to be here. Thanks. Thanks, Steph. That was most enlightening, and I really appreciate your time to join us this week on Property on Fire. Don't forget, you can see the relevant links within the show notes of today's episode. I've had a question emailed in to me this week, and that's actually come from Aslan, and he is asking. With the conversion of a shop under Class M, can he add windows and door openings or will he require a separate planning application? Now, before I answer that question for Aslan, let's actually take a look at what Class M actually is. Quite simply, Class M allows you to convert the ground floor of a retail space, takeaway, financial or professional establishment to residential. Now, you can convert up to 150 square metres 
of floor space under Class M2 residential. So if the shop's a bit a little bit bigger than that, then I would recommend perhaps trying to convert the rear of the shop and then leaving a viable shop at the front. Now, when we talk about viable, this does vary from local authority to local authority. But to be honest, at least 30 square metres should be viable for an independent shop to be at the front. Right, the one other important factor that you do need to bear in mind is that Class M is date stamped to the 20th of March 2013. So in other words, it must have been either a retail space, takeaway, a financial or professional establishment on or before the 20th of March 2013 and since that date. If it became a shop or anything else after the 20th of March 2013, unfortunately you cannot use Class M and you would then require full planning to actually do the conversion. Now you also can't use Class M on Article 2.3 land which is conservation areas, AONB, national parks, Norfolk and Suffolk broads, etc., or in triple SIs, or military explosive areas, or listed buildings. So if you've got any of those along with scheduled monuments, unfortunately you aren't going to be able to use Class M either. But assuming that you do comply with all of those, the other factor which you do need to remember now is that A, you'll now need to put in floor plans for the application. And also, if you apply after, on or after the 6th of April 2021, then you will need to adhere to the minimum space standards as any prior approval after that date will actually need to apply to those minimum space standards. Now, going back to Aslan's question, and yes, you can add new windows and doors within your original application for the prior approval. So class M actually states that the conversion together with building operations reasonably necessary to convert the building to a use falling within use class C. Now the legislation does not actually determine what is reasonably necessary in order to create the required openings of windows and doors. But I think as long as you're not being silly and daft, then it ought to be acceptable by the local planning authority. So Aslan, no, you will not require a separate planning application, which does differ from some of the other prior approvals, such as office to residential, which is class O. But for class M, you can lump it all together in the one application. I hope that's of use to you, Aslan, and many thanks for your email to me last week. If you have a question that you would like me to answer, then please feel free to either email it to me at ian at propertyonfire.co.uk or you can tweet me at propertyonfire and maybe your question will be featured on next week's episode. A massive thanks to Steph for joining me this week on Property on Fire. And don't forget, you can find links to both Steph's information and also links to the Class M in today's show notes. And don't forget, if I can help you in your property journey in 2021, then please do 
get in touch. Keep safe and we'll chat again next Tuesday. Have a wonderful week. Property on Fire with Ian Walmsley. Please use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe to the show. And if you'd like a question answered on a future episode, email ian at propertyonfire.co.uk.